0: Well, a very good morning. It's interview time here on 104.5 WQKT, Talking Agriculture with us. As always, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County. Rory, good morning. Happy to have you in here today.
1: Good morning, Ron. Glad to be here.
0: Well, for most livestock operations, fall a period when a lot of manure is applied to fields uh, and it becomes available after the harvest. Beyond just emptying manure storage structures in preparation for winter. Uh, as we talk about fall manure application today, Rory, what are other considerations for fall manure application? What do, what do people need to be thinking sure. about?
1: Well, Ron, as uh, regulations tighten up regarding winter manure application and uh, given some of the saturated soil conditions that we've seen in the past couple of winters, uh, the goal of emptying the manure storage structure in the fall to provide room for winter Manure storage is certainly an important goal, but uh, beyond that, uh, I think that fall manure application needs to be made within the context of a farm manure management plan Uh, that will enable them to provide for more effective use of nutrients and to minimize the risk of nutrients moving off-site and causing water quality issues.
0: Roy, talk a little bit about the, the nutrient value of manure. What nutrients are contained in manure and also how variable is manure across livestock species, because it's not all going to be the same.
1: Right, yeah, those are are good questions, and uh, we really need to start recognizing the value of manure. It really is quite a valuable uh, fertilizer source. So in addition to the big three that we typically think about, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium that's contained in uh, our synthetic commercial fertilizer materials, manure also contains other nutrients that are needed by plants, including things like calcium, magnesium, sulfur, sodium, boron, iron, magnesium, copper, and zinc. Manure is also a good source, of course, of organic matter. uh, That builds soil health, which uh, we're always interested in doing. The challenge, though, with using manure uh, really is that that nutrient content, uh, as you suggested, it varies widely across livestock species and even within a species, depending upon the diet that animal is getting, its ration, uh, the bedding material that's used, uh, how much of that bedding material is used, and then the manure itself—how is it handled? How is it stored? All that affects uh, these nutrient concentrations. Uh, although there are book values, uh, the manure on your farm can really vary pretty significant, significantly from those book values. Uh, anytime we get manure analysis in, and you compare them to book values, uh, you know they're—they're they're never uh, the same as those book values. So, getting a nutrient analysis of the manure on your farm at least yearly uh, is recommended.
0: You mentioned a farm manure management plan. Is this a formal written plan? And what are the benefits of a plan like that? Kind of piggybacking there, you know, why is it important to have this?
1: Sure. Well, ideally, uh, yes, that farm manure management plan would be a formalized written plan, and it would detail how that manure is going to be used and managed on the farm along with uh, any other purchased nutrients uh, that are going on to those fields. Some farms do have a plan on the how, the where, and the when manure will be applied, and they can articulate that plan, but maybe they've never taken the step to get it down on paper. Uh, again, as we look at uh, nutrient regulations and, and uh, those types of things tightening up, I'd encourage those farms to take that next step and get it down on paper. Now, in some cases, uh, a written nutrient management plan is actually a requirement In order to get cost share help on certain nutrient management and soil conservation projects through our local NRCS and SWCD office or uh, because of livestock numbers on the farm might be another reason Uh, so at certain levels uh, those written those plans are required so but a plan uh, even if it's not written down really is important because it can help applicators use the nutrients and manure again more effectively and the big thing we're, we're really looking at here is, is trying to avoid any kind of issues with over-application that might allow any kind of nutrient movement off-site.
0: Rory, what are some primary considerations for a fall manure application? Specifically, talk about the time of the year and, and how that influences an application.
1: Sure. Uh, well, the fall manure application is particularly important just because, again, we tend to have a lot of... Uh, land that becomes available as crops move off. So that's certainly a a big consideration. Uh, Another consideration is matching that manure application up with soil phosphorus test levels. Uh, So ideally we want manure applied to fields that have the lowest soil test phosphorus levels. Uh, Phosphorus, again I talk a lot about phosphorus because that's the nutrient that's driving water quality concerns, uh, nutrient legislation across our state of Ohio. Uh, There's really and we know from research that there is no agronomic benefit to applying more phosphate to fields with soil test levels that are above 40 parts per million on a Mehlich 3 test. Now, the other important consideration uh, is ensuring nutrients do not move off-site with that application, especially if there's a stream, a creek, or a ditch that connects to a water source nearby. And when we think about fall, we start getting these fall rains, so we got to think about how they influence that. Uh, So one of the other differences between a fall and a spring manure application is that uh, generally we're also not going to account for the readily available nitrogen contained in in manure for that next uh, grain or forage crop uh, during, again, a fall application. Because over the winter, uh, much of that readily available nitrogen ends up getting lost, and so it's not available to help that next year's crop.
0: Once again, joining us in studio this morning talking agriculture and fall manure application from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County, our friend Rory Lewandowski. Rory, you have mentioned the risk of manure nutrients moving off the site of application several times. Could you explain, A, what the risk factors are, and also, B, how they can be managed?
1: Sure. So from a water quality perspective, again, the two nutrients that cause problems are nitrogen and phosphorus. Uh, the risk factors of getting that nutrient movement is over applying manure to the point of runoff. Slope of the field is an important factor, obviously. Uh, The amount of rainfall or how soon a rainfall will occur after manure application uh, is that manure surface applied versus incorporation of that manure into the soil? Uh, we also think about the form of manure. So, it is it is it solid versus liquid manure? Uh, what's the soil drainage like? Has there been tile in the field that uh, again enhances or improves drainage? What's the soil structure? Uh, so, conditions that might lead to uh, to other types of, of problems. Also is something called preferential uh, flow uh, that has to do with the drainage situation in the soil. And then again, as I've mentioned, uh, we also look at soil test levels and then proximity to a water source like a stream or creek. So the risk of manure nutrients moving off-site is managed by your knowledge of your field conditions, uh, the use of weather prediction tools, and some of our best management mar- manure application practices. And then I think a very important part is having an emergency manure spill plan in place, just in case something does happen.
0: Rory, provide some specific examples of conditions that would increase the risk of manure nutrients, as you mentioned, moving off-site. Okay. Well, certainly rainfall. Uh, Soon after a surface application of manure, that is a big
1: factor. Uh, The recommendation is not to apply manure if the forecast is calling for more than a 50% chance of rainfall that would be greater than one-half inch within 24 hours of a planned manure application. Applying manure to an already saturated soil, especially if that soil has little cover uh, or would be prone to erosion due to slope is also another high risk situation. And the risk of phosphorus moving increases also when manure is applied to soils that have those high soil test values. So uh, a Malik uh, 3 soil test value of over, over 40 parts per million uh, definitely increases the risk. And with manure application, we think of really uh, getting into that very high-risk category when those soil test levels are greater than 150 parts per million. Also, we think about, uh, you know, that soil drainage. So on well-drained soils or tiled land, there are conditions, uh, especially if we get dry, cracked soils or maybe soils with good earthworm tunnels or root pathways that allow liquid manure. So here again, that what type of manure? Liquid manure. To move directly from a surface application down into a tile line. And that—that that is what we would term preferential flow. And then from there directly into a ditch or waterway. So the manure applicator really has to understand that all these risk factors are, are additive. So worst case scenario, for example, would be surface application, liquid manure to an already wet soil on a sloped field that's prone to erosion. And that would be close to a stream or creek. And additionally would have a soil phosphorus test level of over 40 parts per million that would be a really worst case scenario and then on top of this we have maybe a forecast with an 80 percent chance of rain uh, with more than one half inch of rain in that forecast within the next 24 hours that would be a a definite uh, really high risk situation and uh, you could run really into some big problems with that
0: rory as manure is applied this fall what are some i guess the best management practices for farmers that, that can be used
1: Right, so now we we start talking about, okay, let's let's think about avoiding that risk, so best management practices. Uh, First and foremost, uh, know the phosphate content and the analysis of your manure source. So how much phosphorus are you potentially putting on uh, with your application? Know your soil test phosphorus level. Again, for those soils over 40 parts per million, Applying manure just to meet the phosphorus crop removal uh, of the, your next year's crop, that would be your goal. You wouldn't want to over-apply. over, over apply. Uh, Those applications also cannot exceed 13,000 gallons an acre uh, liquid or 10 tons per acre on tiled fields and no more than 5,000 gallons on non-tiled fields, uh, especially again, we're looking again in fall situations moving into winter, a little bit different in a summer situation. For example, uh, according to our new tri-state fertility recommendations, a 200-bushel corn crop is going to remove about 68 pounds of phosphate per acre, a 60-bushel per acre soybean crop removes about 48 pounds of phosphate per acre, and an 80-bushel wheat crop removes 39 pounds of phosphate per acre, and if we have alfalfa fields, uh, a four-ton yield there would remove 53 pounds of phosphate per acre. So again, if, you're, if you were right at that uh, limit on, on soil test phosphorus, you'd use those Uh, crop removal rates to determine how much manure you could apply. Additionally, do not apply manure to fields with a soil test phosphorus level if it's 150 parts per million or higher. Watch that weather forecast. Uh, Again, don't apply uh, surface applications of manure if there's greater than 50% chance of a half inch of rain within 24 hours of your application plan. And again, do not apply manure, obviously, to saturated soils and do not apply manure if preferential flow to a tile line is likely.
0: Rory, we've covered a lot uh, of ground this morning. If somebody wants to find out more information or get a a touch-up on on what we discussed today, how can they do that? Yeah, well, the
1: NRCS uh, 590 standards uh, are really what I've kind of been discussing here. They provide a lot of guidelines for manure application and a lot of recommendations I can certainly provide that information about manure management and application at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. Additionally, of course, our Wayne County SWCD Office at 330-262-2836 can also help with those that type of information.
0: Once again, we've been talking fall manure application with Rory Levandusky this morning here on the Farm Hour from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County. Rory Thanks again for coming in. As always, look forward to your visits. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it.